Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like Ethan Sternkey. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get exclusive rewards at patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. Episode 118 of Switchcraft is also brought to you by Audible. Head on over to runjumpstomp.com and get a free audiobook. And whether you remain an Audible member or not, you get to keep that book forever. I recommend you check out Ready Player One. Fantastic book. There's a movie coming. You want to read the book before you uh, see the movie. And some people say that listening to books isn't reading. I totally disagree. If you like podcasts, you're going to like audiobooks. So again, that's runjumpstomp.com slash audible to sign up. It directly supports the show. And if you remain a member, it's $14.95 a month. You get a free book every single month. If not, you keep the books that you have forever, whether you pay or not. So again, runjumpstomp.com slash audible. Switchcraft is recorded live three times a week at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern on Tuesday, Thursday, and on Saturday at whatever time I get around to it. Tune in at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp and hang out with these fantastic people, people like Vaxer, Aerslia, Kodiak Moonwolf, Pudding is here, uh, like Jet Ski, as well as uh, Aset Gebnut. Um, scrolling link 31254 is here as well. I believe I already said Aerslia, but now I can't remember. Um, man, oh man, I wish once I said somebody's name, it would disappear from the list so that I could remember who I've said. Uh, Kodiak Moonwolf is here as well. PS4 in game is saying hello from Germany, which I appreciate. We've got those people. Plus, of course, the lurkers. Uh, you guys are just as important. Thank you very much for hanging out with me while I do the show. It's very, very fun. Again, that's uh, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. Uh, let's go ahead and jump in with the with at first with a review. Uh, Kobe Skills, or Kobe Skills, I'm not sure how to, how to pronounce that, reviewed the show. They gave it five stars. They said, I really love this podcast. His voice is great, and while a little short, he does give us multiple episodes a week, which is awesome for listening at work. While I don't agree with all of his opinions, I don't mind, since he always is clear as to why he feels the way he feels, and that's all you can really ask for. Keep on trucking. Thank you very much for the review. If you guys want to directly support the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and review the show there. It it definitely helps. I also received an email. Uh, If you want to email the show, it's runjumpstomp at gmail.com. This one reads, Hi, Bill. Just wanted to drop you a quick word to say how much I've been enjoying your show over the last couple of months. I'm new to Switch, but I'm looking forward to gaming on it over the coming year. The ability to take console-quality gaming with you on the go is breathtaking, Skyrim being the perfect example of this. Over here in the UK, the Switch isn't getting anything like the support from retailers I'd like to see. It's all Xbox and PS4. The Switch is a bit of an afterthought. Compared to these in main retail stores such as Game and Toys R Us, thankfully we always have Amazon. 
A few years ago, I worked for a national chain that sold Nintendo DS games. They were always plagued with problems from Nintendo, who were notoriously difficult to deal with. I wonder if this is still the case. It probably is still the case. Nintendo has always been a very difficult company to deal with. They've they've poked retailers right in the eye many times and said, you know what, too bad if you don't like what we're doing. And uh, that's pushed a lot of companies away. And it's not a big surprise that, that companies in the UK, um, PlayStation has always been way bigger in the UK than Nintendo. So it doesn't come as a big surprise. Uh, they go on to say, um, oh, my only gripe with this system is the price of physical games. I'm sure these will come down over time. Um, I don't think that those are going to come down over time. I think that you are seeing the the actual prices. Uh, they're just going to stay exactly where they are. The prices are not going to get cheaper over time. But that being said, um, let's say that Nintendo does what it should do and makes good deals with third parties um like big third parties i'm not saying that the switch needs big third parties to survive but it certainly helps but let's say that nintendo makes deals with big third parties big third party companies like ea or activision whoever if they are making deals with those companies those companies are not going to take a game which is sixty dollars on the ps4 and sixty dollars on the xbox one and charge seventy dollars on the switch they are a big enough company that they can eat that ten dollar cost for the manufacturing of the of the 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 s or the card that has the the memory on it with the game on it they can eat that cost the games that are more expensive on the switch usually in my opinion have been games that are um multi-platform um independent titles small companies they 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 really can't afford to eat the cost of the physical media and that's why a lot of those games end up being digital only uh, a lot of people look at the eShop as like oh you know what i don't really like um doing stuff on the or getting games on the eShop you know the games on the eShop aren't as good you have to remember that there are certain reasons why um it's more advantageous to an independent uh, game developer to make um, a game that's only on the eShop or that it's a digital only game. Number one, they don't have to worry about that cost uh, of the manufacturing. Uh, number two, they don't have to worry about dealing with retailers and where their game is going to be put on the shelf. I don't know if this is 100% true or not, but I have read in multiple places that um, if you want to have good shelf space for your game on the shelf at a, at a place like, um, um, my God, I can't even, uh, GameStop. Uh, and I'm not saying GameStop exactly, but if you want to have a good, good shelving, like in a, in a good location and not like turned sideways and shuffled in with everything else, then I think that somebody told me once that your game has to be I believe it's $25 or more, and it might have been $35. I can't remember. And if your game is less than that, then they're going to put it down on the shelf uh, stacked um, vertically so you can't see uh, the, the front cover. And that means less people are probably going to pick up that game. Uh, so a lot of companies, uh, independent developers, they're going to opt to go for a higher price with a physical system or with a physical uh, release because it's going to one help them recoup the costs of making that physical cartridge 
and two, get them better uh, shelf space so that they're more likely to sell through the games that they manufacture. Because there's nothing worse to a company than having product sitting on the shelf not going anywhere. That's always bad for a company. Uh, Anyway... Uh, Jules goes on to say, please keep reviewing and giving your honest recommendations. These really help. I'd love to catch your live stream, but it's often on in the middle of the night for me. Anyway, keep up the good work, and I'll be sure to spread word around your great show on this side of the pond. My best, Jules. Well, Jules, thank you very much for the email. Again, if you want to email, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. There's other ways that you can get a hold of me. You can use Twitter. I'm at runjumpstomp on Twitter. Uh, You can use voicemail. 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. Call in. Keep it short. Keep it sweet. And I'll be able to play it on the show. And of course, join our awesome community at our Discord at runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. Well, I've got good news for you if you meet a couple of qualifications. Number one, you own a NVIDIA Shield TV. It's a small subset of people who have that. Number two, you are in China. If you meet both of those qualifications, then this is actually pretty cool. There are a list of games coming to the NVIDIA Shield TV in China, and those include Super Mario Bros. Wii, The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, uh, The Legend of Sword and Fairy 5, never heard of that one, uh, Punch-Out!, and each one has been remastered to run at 1080p. Uh, This is in comparison to on the Wii, they ran at 480p, or no, uh, yeah, 480p on the GameCube and the Wii. This is surprising. This is really surprising to me. However, I guess it shouldn't be. It surprised me because I guess I'm just ignorant as to how things work in China, but I guess Nintendo will quite often have stuff on third-party uh, devices in China. Uh, not really third party. It'll be, it's usually a subsidiary of Nintendo or a company that is wholly owned by Nintendo, but has a different name. And I'm not sure what the reasoning is for that. Like this sounds like um, uh, economics and geopolitical thing that is over my head. Uh, but it's cool that these games have been remastered for the NVIDIA Shield. Now, if, if you don't remember, Uh, NVIDIA is the company that made the parts for the internal of the Switch. And a lot of people compared the Switch when it it first got released to being very, very similar to an NVIDIA Shield. And the idea that we've got some 1080p ports of Wii and GameCube games uh, in China... That is really good news for the idea of GameCube and Wii virtual console games on the Switch. Now, does that mean we're definitely going to have those? No. But I think it's a pretty good sign. Like, if this was on some other platform, I'd be a little less um, optimistic about the chances of us getting the virtual console for Wii and GameCube games on the Switch. But the fact that it's from NVIDIA, who made the chipset for the Switch, I think that that's pretty big news. And while it was very surprising to me, I guess if you live in China, it wouldn't have been a huge surprise. But I'm excited about the prospects of the virtual console for the Switch if we ever, if Nintendo ever gets around to announcing it. If I were to guess when Nintendo will announce it, I'm going to guess that it's going to happen one of two ways. Either they'll announce it tonight 
at the Game Awards, which I'll talk about in a little bit. And I doubt that. Or I think we're going to hear about it at E3 next year. And uh, probably not before then. I'm a number one! You know, for a while before Switchcraft, I had another podcast just called Run, Jump, Stomp. And it was about gaming in general, not just Nintendo stuff. And uh, if you ever listen to that show, you know that I'm a huge fan of Valve and their games. Now, we got some bad news this year and that Half-Life 3 probably is not ever going to be made. And I've made my peace with that, and that's fine. And that's too bad because Half-Life is one of those one of those games that people need to play, and it's a shame that we get left out on uh, on a big cliffhanger like that. That being said, uh, why am I talking about this on uh, a Nintendo show? Well, Valve is making games again, and honestly, I was under I was I was starting to think that maybe Valve was sick of making games, and they were just happy to rake in their money on Steam. Um, which is, if you don't know, it's a PC front, uh, a storefront where you can buy games for PC and, um, you, you know, you can just buy a game. And then if you get another PC, you install, you install steam again, you can download all your games. If you're listening to this show, you're probably aware of what steam is. Um, but valve is making a new game and it's, it's not half-life. And some of you are like, oh, is it a new Left 4 Dead? No, it's not. Is it a new Portal? Well, sort of. It's Bridge Constructor Portal. Um, click on the video in the show notes if you want to see what this looks like. It looks really weird. Um, you, I guess you're going to have to build bridges and solve problems using the portals from the Portal game. And if if you've never played the Portal game, uh, I'll I'll quickly summarize it. You have a gun that shoots blue portals and orange portals. And if you walk through the blue portal, you come out of the orange portal. And you have to solve problems using those two portals. It's amazing. Portal 1 is one of the greatest games ever made. Portal 2, when it followed up, again, fantastic game. There are very few companies that I would put at the same level of amazingness in their games, if that's going to be a word, I guess it is. Uh, as Nintendo and Valve is one of those companies. Valve and Nintendo, they both always hit it out of the park. And this bridge constructor portal game is coming not only to Xbox One and PS4, but also to the Switch. And I am really excited for this game. It's one of those games where, you know, it's not going to play like you think it is. And it's going to be awesome because Valve only makes awesome games. I've never played a Valve game that I didn't like. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Left 4 Dead uh, or Left 4 Dead 2. However, both of those games were really good games. They just weren't the kind of game that I wanted to play. So, again, even though I didn't really care for the zombie game, the moment-to-moment gameplay in Left 4 Dead was really solid. Uh, Portal again, amazing. Half-Life one of the greatest games ever made. So I have little doubt that Bridge Constructor Portal is going to be awesome. Well, excuse me, princess. In a Nikkei interview with Kazuhiku Takeda, uh, he's uh, Sony's head of corporate planning, uh, he was asked uh, about the Nintendo Switch, and he said, at our gaming business, sales of the PS4 are strong and heading into the holidays. 
Which I don't doubt. I mean, I think that that the PS4 has sold 60 million PS4s by now, or maybe it was 70 million. Either way, it's a big number. Um, they He went on to say, we can't ignore the Nintendo Switch, which has also captured consumers' attention. Our business model involves selling both the game console and the software for it. So we're working to get more customers paying continuously for content, for example, through paid subscription services. That's a really disjointed um, thought. Like, it seems like he's pulling a whole bunch of stuff together. But the the, the one thing that I'm going to take out of that is the Nintendo Switch. They can't ignore it. So do we think that at some point it's possible, and, and I know that this was, <clears throat> pardon me, I know that this was rumored to be at E3 this year, and it didn't show up. But is it possible that Sony's going to try and make a new Vita to compete with the Nintendo Switch? Uh, a Vita that either streams to a PS4 or uh, hooks into a dock like the Switch does. I think if it did, if they did, they would certainly do, a like, I think it would be good for Sony. Uh, and I would like to see more competition in the mobile space. Uh, and I, I know I say the mobile space, which usually means you know, cell phones, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about video game consoles that are portable. And I would like to see more competition right now. Nintendo owns the portable system market. And I would like not only to see PlayStation get in on this, but also Xbox to get in on this. And why would I want as a fan of Nintendo, why would I want Nintendo to have competition? Here's the reason competition breeds, uh, creativity, competition, makes uh makes uh oh my god my brain stopped working right as soon as i said that sentence competition makes companies innovate all right it forces innovation because if they aren't innovating then they're going to get left behind and right now nintendo yes they are competing with the ps4 and xbox one but they are in their own little category uh, and because they're in their category, I feel like Nintendo can do what Nintendo's been doing for years, and that's ignore what the rest of the gaming industry does. Uh, they've been doing that for a really long time, and I don't see them stopping anytime soon. Now, that means that we as fans of the Nintendo Switch, we, are, we need um, other companies to not ignore Nintendo. We need Sony to look at Nintendo and how well they're doing and say, I think we want to get in on that action because if there's a new Vita out and it has features that the Switch doesn't have, then maybe Nintendo will pay attention and start developing those features. And then when the Xbox version comes out, it'll have a better feature. And I know that people are there. I know there's a lot of people out there who would say, listen, I don't want to have to have three different versions, but you don't have to have three different versions. If, these games, if these systems are all portable systems, and this is a really, really important thing, if all of these systems are portable, these imaginary systems that I'm making up to compete with the Switch, that means that video game publishers and developers will start making games for these other systems, and it will be easy to port them to the Switch because the portable systems will be at a similar power level. And that's a really important thing. Right now, it's really difficult for some developers to port their games from the, the PS4 
and Xbox One, especially now that those have the Pro and Xbox One X versions. It's it's a lot of work for those developers to make that port, to bring that over to the Switch because the Switch is underpowered compared to those. So that means that some developers would look at that and say, well, it's not worth the effort for us to bring that game over to the Switch. Whereas if PS4 or uh, if Sony and Microsoft make portable systems to compete with the Switch, then game developers who make games for those other systems, they're more likely to port to the Switch because it's not as hard to do anymore. Anyway, um, none of this... Well, listen to that mumbling there. None of this will probably happen, but you never know. And I think it would be fantastic if uh, PlayStation got into this market. Now, Microsoft has never been interested in the portable space. There's there's constantly been rumors of Microsoft making an, an Xbox portable um, for years, and they've never done anything like it, even when Sony had the PS portable and then the Vita. Um, you know, Microsoft was content to just do their, their set-top box and play video games there and maybe hook it up to a TV, that kind of thing. Uh, or uh, hook it up to cable and that kind of thing. Um, but I would really like more competition for Nintendo. What's it like to play the Nintendo Entertainment System? This was a surprise. This was a big surprise. I figured that Ubisoft was done with Mario Plus Rabbids. I didn't expect more stuff, and I certainly didn't expect free stuff. Uh, but Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle is getting a versus mode tomorrow, December 8th. It's really, really cool. So let's go over the 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 uh, the high points or the big uh, headlines here, okay? So first off, <clears throat> pardon me. First off, uh, you are playing against a friend on the same system. Uh, you can either play with two controllers or just split a pair of Joy-Cons if you want. Uh, you are not playing online against people, which I think is really disappointing. Um, if Nintendo had a uh, built-in friend system and built-in online play, I think that would make this a lot easier for Ubisoft to do. But because they don't have it built in, that means Ubisoft has to build the networking stuff in to their game. And that's a lot more work. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't see that later. So, you know, keep your fingers crossed. Um, so here's the way the game plays. You each, each player will pick three, uh, of your heroes. You put them together. Uh, you can go through and pick which attacks and techniques that you want to be available to them. Um, and then you're going to be against the other player on very small maps and it says small surprise filled maps. So that's pretty cool. Um, there, the game doesn't play like it usually does though. Okay, so when you play the regular game, and you let's say that you have Rabid Peach, uh, she has the ability to move, attack, and use a special ability. Uh, and then you go to Mario, and he has the ability to move, attack, and use a special ability. Well, in the versus mode, each player only has three total actions available to you. So that means you can move. Uh, you can you can move all three characters if you want, or you can move one character, attack, and use their special ability. Uh, or you can change it up and do a lot of different stuff. So that's really cool. I think that's going to keep the length of the 
of the battles down to a short amount of time, which is very important in a game like this. Um, there's something else uh, to that they'll actually have added in as well is that you can limit the game to how many um, how many turns there are. So maybe you can say, all right, we're only going to do 10 turns. Um, and you can set short, long, or medium time limits on those turns in order to keep it snappy because it's really tough when you're playing a game like this to sit there and watch your opponent do this move, do these moves that take a really long time because the whole time that, that your opponent's doing something, you're trying to think, okay, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. And if it takes your opponent five minutes to take their turn, uh, you know, sometimes they're just going to be sitting there thinking about it. Like, I'm okay, if I move here, then I can do that. It's going to be tough. And also, this is kind of cool. Because you can watch the other person go, um, yeah, this is really neat. You you can see all of the things that they're going to be doing. So you can they can move somebody over and then they can look and say, oh, wait a second. If I do that, then I can't see this. So then I'm going to have to go around this way. So you get to see everything you get to see almost like the thought process of what everybody's doing and i think that that's really cool um i also think that this game would be fantastic as a turn-based um gosh what's the word i'm looking for uh, online where it's asynchronous uh play and what that means is i get to take my turn and then i send it to you and then you get to take your turn when you get around to it and send your turn back to me. And then I take my turn and send it back to you. Kind of like how people used to play chess via the mail back in the day. I think this this is the type of game that would be wonderful for that. And as a portable system, it would be really great for that as well. Because you could take your turns in like three or four minutes really quick, right? So you just turn on your phone, turn on its mobile hotspot, take out your switch no matter where you are do a turn, send it off to your brother, and uh, then wait for the phone call when you've beaten him and he's uh, angry at you. I think that that would be awesome. You could also have multiple matches going with, with different people at a time. So you could sit down and be like, all right, I've got these 10 matches. I'm going to take my turns and go through and... Uh, you know, I'm going to do this in this turn and then, okay, go to my next game and do the my moves in my next turn. I think that that would be really cool. Uh, Vaxer in chat brings up something awesome. You could really, if you're playing side by, you know, side by side on a couch with somebody uh, fighting each other, you could really mess with their mind by looking at all these different scenarios. Oh, I could come over here and attack or I could come over here and attack. What am I going to do? Uh, I think that this this game could get so much better and it's already a really good game but this game could get so much better with this patch that we're getting tomorrow and if they continue with this and make it into you know the asynchronous online battle that I really am hoping for then this game could really become huge absolutely huge <music> Since the last time I recorded, I've been playing a game on the Switch called Stick It to the Man. It's a really interesting game I hadn't heard of, and the developers sent it to me, which was really cool surprise. Um, it is, I guess, essentially a point-and-click adventure without the point-and-click, so you don't have to like maneuver a mouse around on the screen uh, to highlight stuff and click on things. 
Uh, but you do grab things and put them in your inventory and then you have to use the right thing in the right place. Um, the story overview for this game is really bizarre. So you play as, I forget the character's name, but you play as this character whose job is a hard hat tester, meaning that he puts on a hard hat and then they drop hammers on his head from a certain height. And when it hits him, he counts the number of stars that he sees and rates the uh, the hard hat, which is a ridiculous thing, but whatever. Um, at some point, he gets hit on the head, and as he's supposed to. Um, and then this weird spaghetti-like pink arm is growing out of his head. And he can control it and use it to grab a hold of things Um and he can also use it to read people's minds. So you use it to grab a hold of things in order to traverse the world or to grab something and move it or to grab an object and put it in your pocket. Or you go up to people and you use the weird pink spaghetti hand to listen to their thoughts. And so you'll find things that you need uh, by listening to the people and then going to find those items and bring them to those people. Um the game has a ridiculously cool graphics art style. It's uh, It looks really, really nice. It's a 2D side-scrolling style game, but everything looks like it's made out of paper. In fact, uh, the save points, the checkpoints as you cross them, are basically ditto machines. Uh, so as you walk by, if you die, like you fall off a cliff or something, uh, you'll go back to the last checkpoint and your character rolls off of uh, the ditto machine and then tears himself out of the paper and then keeps walking. Uh, so everything is kind of looks like that. Really, really uh, great art direction. I think it's uh, fantastic. And the voice acting is also really good. Uh, I like the voice acting a lot. The The characters sound different. I feel like they've got a pretty diverse cast either that or the voice actors are doing a great job at making different voices but i think stick it to the man is a really impressive game for the switch and it's the kind of game that i probably won't finish it and it's not because it's not a good game it's because it is a point and click adventure and point and click adventures are not my style of game i generally don't enjoy them i always want to enjoy them but I end up not enjoying them for some reason. Time for the lightning round. We've got three stories for the lightning round. Number one, there is a nine parchments interview. If you don't know what that is, that's a Diablo-like multiplayer game. It looks really cool. I uh, played it with my son. He didn't really care for it, but I thought it was neat. Uh, So uh, there's an interview. Uh, Just check, uh, check out the link in the show notes to read that. The one thing that the one takeaway from that interview is that the developer says that they call the Switch a powerhouse for its size. They're really impressed with the hardware. Um, next, Nintendo sent out review copies of Super Mario Serial. That's a weird thing to say, but it, if you were uh, a, a Nintendo influencer, and I am not, uh, Nintendo sent you a box of the Super Mario Serial. So. Look forward to a million YouTube videos of people tasting the cereal, doing a taste test, and uh, scanning in their Amiibo uh, into Super Mario um, Odyssey. I almost called it Super Mario Run. 
Uh, finally, the game awards are tonight. Um, they are, let me click on this link because I forgot the time. Uh, I believe it's eight o'clock my time. Okay. So here we go. Uh, Los Angeles, 5 30 PM, New York, 8 30 PM, uh, Brazil, 11 30 PM. If you're in London, it's 1 30 AM. Sorry, people in, in Europe. Um, Russia is 3.30 a.m., China is 9.30 a.m., Japan is 10.30 a.m., and Australia is 11.30 a.m. So uh, those are the times that are uh, on the link in the show notes. Uh, Make sure that you check it out if that's the kind of thing that you are into. I'm not a huge fan of award shows, um, especially gaming award shows. They always feel very contrived, almost like... How do I want to put it? Okay, so it's like a bunch of people got together in a boardroom and they were like, uh, what are these nerds like? Let's uh, let's give the nerds what they like instead of having it made by people who who are in the, the zeitgeist anyway. You know what I mean? It always feels very inauthentic and annoying and it bothers me. Now, what will I take away from the Game Awards? Well, I will take away from... I don't care about who wins what nearly as much as everybody else does. What I do care about is the awesome trailers. I get really excited for watching game trailers. I get really excited for watching movie trailers. It's one of my favorite things. I love trailers. I love to get I love to see little bits of things that I'm excited for. I love to get surprises where I didn't know that they were making this game. That's so cool. I'm I want to see that. Now, that being said, do we expect to see Nintendo stuff there? Well, I think that we probably will. I don't know what we'll see there. Uh, but I do expect Nintendo to make some kind of announcement there. Maybe they will uh unveil the date for the Breath of the Wild um uh, DLC that is supposed to come out this month. It's already December 7th, and we still don't know the date that it's supposed to come out, and it's coming out this month. So maybe tonight, uh, E.G. Onuma will get up on stage or pro- probably more likely send a video in where he talks about the DLC, what we can expect a little bit, and then the date that it comes out. I At a bare minimum, that's what I'm hoping to see at the Game Awards tonight. Whether or not I will, I'm not sure. Um, so that is the lightning round. Um, I'm going to get rid of the coming soon section. Uh, I've talked about this probably on the Discord a little bit, but the coming soon section, I'm often just reading stuff off. And uh, if you want to know what's coming out, you can just Google uh, what games are coming to Nintendo Switch and you'll find it. Uh, it, it tends to be just me reading things off. And so I'm going to skip that part from now on. Uh, But that's all the time that we have for today. If there's a story that I missed or a topic that you would like discussed, let me know. Uh, Prince David in chat says, I also like to cringe at the awkward moments. There's a lot of awkward moments in award shows, especially when they are about gaming. Uh, Anyway, um, like I was saying, that's that's all I have time for today. If you want to support the show, head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash support. You'll find links to my wife's Etsy shop. Uh, you'll find the Patreon there. If you are doing any last minute holiday shopping, uh, make sure that you use my Amazon affiliate link. It's in the show notes and it is at runjumpstomp.com slash support as well. It doesn't cost you anything extra and it automatically uh, sends money to me. If you are an Amazon Prime member, if you link that to your Twitch profile, you can also then subscribe to 
my Twitch channel at no cost to you. You get to use the cool emotes and uh, you get a little uh, a little thing next to your name, a little star next to your name, which is awesome. So thank you to Noteblock and Tom Winter for the use of the music. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com or uh, runjumpstomp on Twitter. Join the Discord. There's a lot of awesome people there. I'm out of here, and I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel, you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible and directly support the show.